0: Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor here at BizTimes Media. It's February 18th, and I'm joined on this week's episode by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Good. You know, the
1: sun is shining in Milwaukee, and uh, February, well, we're more than halfway through February, but uh, there's lots of news going on, so
0: I'm, I'm enjoying that. Lots of news keeping us busy—that's for sure. Also joining us, Biz Times associate editor Lauren Anderson. Lauren, how are you doing?
2: Doing well. I'm hoping for the news to stop now that it's Friday.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can stop. You know, no 4 p.m. news dump. No stopping. Please. No stopping. <laughs> we hold off over the weekend. Save your news for Monday morning. Um, well, like Angie said, we got a lot of big news. Get the three pack of big stories to talk about today. Uh, But first, we're going to do our insider story spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories Mm -hmm. we wrote this week that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you're already a BizTimes insider, we really appreciate the support. It helps make our work possible. So thank you. Uh, If you're not an insider, it's really easy to become one. Uh, Go to BizTimes.com, click on the subscribe tab, and for the equivalent of $8 a month, you be able to get access to all our stories, discount, um, admission to some of our events, and other benefits. So please do consider doing that. Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, what is your Insider Spotlight story this week?
1: I'm going to talk about an interesting story out of Pleasant Prairie, which is a village in Kenosha County. It's, it's right on the border. It's right on the Illinois state line. It's seen a lot of development um, for years with... Uh, a lot of companies from Illinois coming up decided deciding to establish operations in Wisconsin uh, for whatever reason. Um, a lot of times just lower costs or what have you, or just needing land for development that's hard to come by south of the state line. Um, they announced that they were closing out a tax incremental district. You know, you hear a lot about these uh, TIDs, or they used to call them TIF districts, but These communities, I'll call them TIDs now. But anyway, same thing. Um, You hear a lot about these being done by communities to subsidize development or provide infrastructure to make a development possible. But you don't often hear about these, these districts actually coming to an end, coming to a close. In this case, in Pleasant Prairie, the district came to, you know, after 23 years, the district finally gets closed out and a lot of money was spent to build infrastructure for business parks in Pleasant Prairie including Lakeview Corporate Park and as a result there was a lot of development that occurred and as that development was occurring and as that development resulted in increased property value and property taxes all that all those, all those increased taxes didn't go to the village they went to the 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 tid Tax incremental district to pay off its debts. Well, now that's all done. Those debts are paid off. So now that development basically comes onto the full village tax base. And this is a massive amount. This is a billion dollars worth of tax base that's being added to the Pleasant Prairie uh, tax base. That's going to be a significant windfall. Because now that's probably tax revenue comes to their, their general fund. So for everything the village does um that's got to be a real benefit to the taxpayers of pleasant prairie so that's really that's really good news there and uh, and it's good um it's good to hear when these tids get closed because that's when the taxpayer really gets to
0: gets the benefit yeah and i think lakeview that's the kind of what kicked off a lot of the growth um that's right that we've seen down there Mm -hmm. uh so now you start to see some of the benefits accrue to the tax base like you said Uh, We'll move up the I-94 corridor a little bit. Uh, Lauren, what is your insider spotlight story this week?
2: I've got a story uh, in Racine here. Um, Ashley Smart, our manufacturing reporter, has been busy with a lot of news, a lot of big stories this week. Um, This one she had is about a New Hampshire-based manufacturer that's planning to expand its manufacturing facility in Racine, which would add about 145 jobs. Um, The company is Summit Packaging Systems, and they make... And distribute aerosol related components you want to add 77,000 square feet to their facility in Racine kind of the big thing here is that the company was considering expanding in New Hampshire and um, considering Wisconsin but ultimately it sounds like Wisconsin's proximity to the Midwestern customer base uh, played a, a big role in them choosing Racine so the city is going to be uh, creating a or considering creating a new TID around the facility to provide financial incentive to the company. And if that all goes through could the construction on the expansion could start this spring.
1: Speaking of TIDs, there's another
0: one. There you go. But that's really well, good. Uh,
1: because, uh, in, a, in a community that's lost a lot of manufacturing jobs over the years. That's really great news for Racine.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll stop short of going three for three on TID related stories <laughs> in our Insider Story Spotlight. Uh, mine is about uh, Zern, uh, water solutions. Uh, it's a company that previously was known as, as Rexnord. Uh, they did a a merger last year where they sold off a big portion of the business to Regal Beloit. The Rexnord name with that went with that, leaving behind the Zern brand that, uh, they actually moved to Milwaukee uh, a few years back. Uh, they are, keeping busy on the acquisition and, and merger front. Uh, they announced this week, a plan to merge with Downers Grove, Illinois based um, LK manufacturing, which uh, people probably are most familiar with them. They make the um, water bottle fillers that you'll see in schools or gyms or uh, different, you know, institutional and commercial settings. So it's uh, replacing a, the, the fountain or the bubbler, um, As uh, Todd Adams, their CEO, pointed out, we call it here in Wisconsin. Um, Replacing that with, uh, there's still the the portion you can drink out of directly, but there's also a spot to easily fill your water bottle. Um, So it's a $1.56 billion um, stock transaction. Kind of interesting. The owners of, LK, it's a family-owned company. They'll actually own 29% of Zern. When the deal closes, they are taking a couple of seats on the board. Um, they will be kept as Zern shareholders for at least 18 months. Uh, so kind of an interesting combination of, of a publicly traded business and a family business. Uh, it also substantially grows Zern. They had about a billion dollars in revenue previously, and this will take add another $700 million. So not quite doubling, but near doubling uh in size and really them getting back to you know growing this business into a a bigger water focus thing after selling off uh the Rex nord part of the business so interesting front there and uh lots of details in that story. we'll turn then to our big stories of the week um and like I mentioned, we got three of them so we'll start with the news that just broke uh today Potawatomi Hotel and Casino will have sports betting uh, at some point this year. Uh, this is a big deal, right, Andrew?
1: I think so. Um, the news that came out today was that the state has reached a an, uh, a deal with the Potawatomi tribe to amend their compact with the state, which now allows them to add sports betting at their casinos in Wisconsin. They have two casinos in Wisconsin. And what they're saying right now, you know, they have another one up north. But um, what they're saying right now is they're going to add a sports book at at the Milwaukee Casino, at Potawatomi Hotel Casino in Milwaukee. Um, They're not going to add that up north yet. But I have to believe that this is going to be, you know, something that's going to bring in a lot of additional uh, gambling activity at the Milwaukee Casino. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to partake in this. There's sports nuts uh, all over the place in Wisconsin, so it's an, an interesting move and I, I think it's going to be a pretty big deal for Potawatomi. Yeah. It'll be
0: interesting. I think, so they're the third um, tribe that has gotten approval from the state. Uh, there's a kind of an, an approval process with the department of the interior um, still, but uh, they are the third ones to get it with the, you know, the deal done with the state, the Oneida was first. Um, and St. Croix did it as well. I think these deals, uh, have been kind of focused on kind of having sports betting at the casinos themselves, right? So it's you know at the at the facility, not you know other states have sports betting online and it's kind of everywhere and and ubiquitous. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as a, a piece of this. Where I live down here in Illinois, where I can hop on my phone and place a bet um, on the Super Bowl and you know, do it easily versus going to the actual casino, which certainly would help um, Potawatomi as in terms of getting people in the door. Uh, So that part will be interesting to see how that plays out over time.
1: Yeah. I suppose as as sports betting has become more prevalent, this is something they really need to compete with other casinos or even online. So it's something they, they need to get in, get in the game.
0: Definitely. Next big story, the news out of Franklin. Um, thursday night uh strauss brands which uh produce or sells um beef lamb and veal they had had plans to build a new 150,000 square foot slaughterhouse uh along loomis road um kind of on the west side of franklin they already have a plant in the city but they're this was going to be kind of new growth for them instead it looks like they're going to sell the prop land that they were going to build it on. It's a long and winding journey from a plan for them to grow to now not expanding. Uh, They bought the land in the spring of 2019. Later that year, they said, Hey, instead of building in Franklin, we're going to build in Milwaukee. We're going to build at century city, which when it was announced was hailed as this, you know, find a breakthrough for the century city project on the Northwest side of Milwaukee in terms of landing a big development with lots of jobs attached to it. Of course, a slaughterhouse in the middle of a neighborhood uh, isn't a perfect fit. And there was some resident opposition to that. The alderman for that area, Rainey, uh came out against it. And so Strauss dropped their plans in the city of Milwaukee and then went back to Franklin and planned to expand there again. Uh, only to initially be denied by the city and then get approval, um, which led to a lawsuit. And over the course of last year, that's been working its way through the courts. And a judge uh, just in January ordered that they should hold a new public hearing. So that hearing was set for Thursday night. And just as that thing got started, the city staff read a statement from the company that said, thanks for the support. We like our plans, but we think we're going to look to sell this land instead. So a number of the opponents that were there were cheering for it. Obviously people who were supportive of it, are, you know, they see that as a loss for her, for the city. Uh, but the city did go through with the public hearing. The mayor noted that it was a court ordered thing. So probably best to follow the direction of the court, even if it seems that it's, Maybe not worth doing at that point, but uh, they held a public hearing with an hour plus of public comment and detailed, you know, questioning and finessing of language for their, um, the motions for the approval of this project. And it did get approved um, on a four to one vote, but uh, it sounds like the company's plans have them heading in a different direction. So it's just quite the saga over the last you know, almost three years now, in terms of how this things played out.
2: So when this news dropped, I mean, it was this was this a win for the city, a loss for the city? What do you make of all this? <laughs>
0: I, I I mean, if you look at it from the perspective of economic growth and adding jobs and that kind of thing, you have to think it's a a bit of a loss, right? that a project was supposed to grow there and is now not and what does that say to another business that maybe is thinking about franklin especially if you have a use that's not you know maybe like a preferred kind of thing to have you know if you're just um stamping metal parts maybe it's not as much of an issue but if you got something you know like a slaughterhouse maybe you're gonna think twice about locating in franklin uh, but if you're a resident and you were opposed to this, then it's a huge win that you know you after oftentimes these projects get you know proposed and it 's not a rubber stamp, but by the time someone's you know saying hey i 'm going to build this here it's fairly you know likely that they're going to be able to get it done and over the finish line, and you have sometimes people opposed to things and they're they fight against it and don't always win. So if you're a resident and you fought against this, it's a huge win that you were able to, you know, get what you wanted through participating in the process. Maybe it's a, you know, encourages people to participate in the process more um, to shape the direction of their communities.
1: Well, yeah, but it sends a really bad message to business. And this is going to, I think, just be one of those missed opportunities that, You know, in particular, it's going to continue to hang over the city of Milwaukee. But now, you know, Franklin looks kind of ridiculous as well. What I think is so strange about this is here is a company that's been operating in Franklin for a long time. And, yeah, it's a meat processing facility, so it's, I suppose it's fair to call it a slaughterhouse. But I don't know if there's ever been any problem with this company before. I mean, they're in an industrial park. So there aren't homes nearby where they're currently located, but, um, you know, they kind of have been doing their thing as a, as someone who consumes a lot of meat, I enjoy those types of products all the time. So I accept the fact that at some point there's a slaughterhouse activity going on to bring that to my dinner table. Um, I mean, I've never heard of a problem with Strauss brands before in Franklin. And then when they wanted to, you know, do a new facility in Milwaukee, they were going to put their headquarters in Milwaukee, in in, in the central city. In, you know, in in the biggest project that the city has tried to do to attract jobs to the central city, uh, the Century City Business Park, seemed like a great, you know, a, a great thing because it's been a struggle to get companies to locate there, and they finally got this. And at first... Everyone was excited, but then all of a sudden, the alderman there, Khalif Rainey, um, you know, got, you know, had constituents complaining in the neighborhood about this. And I think you had, frankly, like animal rights activists uh, making noise over it. So he's flip flopped. He went against the project. The project then died. Then, you know, the company then decides to just expand to a different location in Franklin and that becomes controversial of course and I mean it's it's in a developing area of Franklin this is I live in muskego and I drive I drive by, by this site every day so it's sort of undeveloped not quite developed but it's starting to develop there's actually a new subdivision going in next door you know with pretty big houses brand new houses going so that was kind of interesting to put you know a brand new subdivision next to where this thing was going to be. But there's people who already live in the area who raised the stink uh pun intended i'll say uh, <laughs> about the whole idea and so here's a company now that says it's not going to do a- anything with this. Um, these types of things discouraged the business community I-, I I can say that you know the reaction is not positive when. Um, but especially Milwaukee, you know, community really needs economic development and a part of town that really needs economic development, but it it doesn't put Franklin in a great light either again, in the eyes of the business community. Um, yeah, I think it's a win for residents who didn't want in their backyard. NIMBY wins here. Um, the business community is going to look at this and say, boy, it's, it's hard to expand with some of these
0: communities in Southeastern Wisconsin yeah I think that's fair enough you know I think there's something to be said for communities you know being part of deciding what what goes in their backyard not to defend you know nimbyism, but you know that's the process is being involved and and uh making your voice heard yeah uh, I think this so. thing got
1: demon i think this thing got demonized i mean i Like I said, I've never heard a problem with Strauss Brands before. I mean, I I don't know if anyone's even gone over. Has anyone even stood on the outside the plant to see if it's objectionable? I think it just became something people became afraid of.
0: Maybe people just don't want industrial use uh, right next to their subdivision, which
1: is subdivision
0: to see what what gets proposed there next. Right? Do they just expand that subdivision on the you know it's a thirty acre site? Do you just say? Okay, we're just going to put houses on that instead, and um, better retail, or retail, or you know something like that, and say it fits better. Be you know, be really surprising if an industrial user decided yeah, to make I, a I, run I at be. at using it. That would be as well. Uh, one final big story for us this week: uh, the Republican National Convention might be coming to Milwaukee. Not a. Um, certainty, but obviously we knew we, previously we were in the final four, I think, right? For um, now it's three. Now it's three. So things are looking good to get the RNC. We had our shot at the DNC in 2020. Um, what's going on here, Andrew?
1: Well, we had the DNC in 2020. It just turned out to be a big, uh, a big disappointment because the, the pandemic turned it into a an almost entirely virtual event. So that was a huge huge letdown for the city. But I think, you know, city leadership and business leaders and, you know, Visit Milwaukee have been smart to not get too discouraged and to, to say, hey, we're going to try to get, I think the idea that we got the DNC was just a huge surprise, first of all. And it also sent the message that, boy, if we can get the DNC, you know, if we can get a national political convention, we should be able to compete for major events, almost any major event. So why not try to get the RNC or, or why not try to get the DNC again since, you know, try to get a do-over because the first one was, you know, was just really, it didn't really happen, quite honestly. So um, they're trying to get the RNC. They've also said they would try to get the DNC for 2024. 20, Turned out we made the list of finalists for the RNC. There was a list of four finalists. One of those Pittsburgh basically was dropped out. So now it's Salt Lake City, Nashville, and Milwaukee. And the RNC site selection committee was in Milwaukee this week. And there was a report that came out in the Political, which is a national um, political media company. And they were reporting that, according to their sources, Milwaukee is now the leading candidate to get, to get the RNC. It's exciting, but I think you take that with a pretty big grain of salt. That report came out as these folks were in Milwaukee and were getting wined and dined. And I'm sure Milwaukee put its best foot forward and they were impressed, I'm sure. And so probably had good things to say to a reporter from the political. But, you know, their next stop was in Nashville. And I'm sure when they see Nashville, they'll be impressed by that. So we'll see if we remain in the lead.
2: So. If if we got the RNC, it would be seen as kind of a redemption story for some. That uh, you know, a, a, a big hit convention came through. Why is this? Why would it be a win for Milwaukee to get the RNC this time around?
1: Well, no doubt. Um, I think I think Visit Milwaukee is estimating the economic impact at two hundred million dollars. So I mean, just a massive number of of people that come either to attend or um, participate in, or, um, just to put on the event plus a a tremendous media exposure that Milwaukee gets. And just, you know, the idea of, if you're a big time city, if you have an event like this, so, um, great exposure, great economic impact. It's really not about the politics. I know there's some people who, if they, you know, when a political convention is discussed, if that's not your political party, some people say, I don't want that political party in town. But, you know, city leaders and, and and visit Milwaukee are looking at this as this is a huge economic opportunity and don't worry about whether you like this political party or not. They've, they've taken the same position that they did with the DNC. It's not about the politics, it's about the economic uh, opportunity for the Milwaukee.
2: I'm curious if, I mean, with it being, a Republican event, if there's if that'll influence Milwaukee's ability to raise funds for it.
1: What I would say from what I've heard is that the RNC is kind of a better opportunity to raise funds only because you know you can reach out to different people. But basically, you know, a lot of money was raised to get the DNC to happen, and it would be tough to do that again. But doing it for the RNC there's a whole bunch of different people you can reach out to basically Republican supporters who might be more inclined to support the RNC in Milwaukee than they would have probably would not have wanted to support the DNC. So you can pitch to those folks and there's, you know, the more there's affluent people for sure in Wisconsin who support Republican parties. So these are people that, you know, you can hit up for contributions to try to fund this event. So I think RNC gives you a whole different fundraising opportunity uh, than the DNC did. The DNC, they were able to raise the money, but you sort of tapped out some of those sources, and now you can go with different sources for the RNC.
0: Well, we will have to wait and see um, to see how this plays out. Um, Do we have a timeline, do you know, till? a decision gets made or I thought I saw August. I
1: I don't, I don't know if I want to, I guess I'm putting it out there. I think it, I I think I saw it was August. Uh, It's, it's, it's later in the the year though. It's not
0: too soon, but it'll be pretty soon. We'll find out. Coming soon enough. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And uh, we'll have to wait and see how, uh, what happens to Strauss's land. And we'll have to wait and see what uh, happens with, sports betting at potawatomi so lots to keep following and i'm sure uh you know three more stories have broken just what we've been talking so that'd be uh, great we'll leave it there um andrew lauren thanks for joining me on the biz times mke podcast in the weekly debrief
1: this is dan meyer with biz times media you've been listening to the biz times mke podcast For more business news and insights, be sure to go to BizTimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.